Genesis. It's a pleasure to be with you this morning and worshiping, meeting with the Lord, meeting with our friends and community. So I invite you to stand if you are able, if you are interested. If not, worship happens however and wherever you are. So I invite you to clear your minds of things that have maybe followed you in the building, things that maybe have been dogging you uh, when you should have been sleeping. I invite you to just Park them outside the door for just a moment. Give a nice pat on the head. Say, I'll be back. Don't worry. But clear your minds and let the Lord, our God, take you on a journey this morning. Wherever it is for you, it'll be different for every person. We're going to start with some worship, which is my uh, favorite spot. And I invite you to join with me. Love is mighty and so much stronger, the King of glory. 
Good morning. So, for many people, school starts tomorrow. Or their school has already started, maybe last week if you were in college. But much in the area, students are heading back to school tomorrow morning, maybe even next Tuesday at the latest for all of our area. And so, for some, that brings a lot of excitement. Get to see some friends, get a little bit of change, and, and all of that. But also with excitement comes a lot of anxiety and sometimes, or, or concern, or just kind of feelings in our stomach, you know, of things that we're, we're waiting for. So we, we want to acknowledge that. So anyone excited to go back to school tomorrow? Yes! Anyone kind of excited, but also kind of nervous? Yes. Um, is anyone going to a new building where they've met a new school? People going into the new schools from high school to middle school and elementary school. Uh, I know there's all sorts of feelings. And sometimes you even know which teacher you have and which friends are in there. And maybe some of your friends aren't in the same class or of all of these concerns. And so with that, we want to acknowledge that and we want to, we want to pray. We want to pray for our kids, for our students, for those who are stepping into classrooms here real soon. And then after we pray, we're going to sing the song. And the song's called The Blessing. And it's this blessing of God that um, the song that was written, and it's the priestly blessing that a high priest would pray over the people. And it's about God's favor upon us, that God is with us, around us, um, and near to us. And so... Parents, as we're singing that song, I mean, our grandparents or people with, with a, a child that is connected to you, you know, you can put your hand on your kid and even sing it to them if you would like. But also, if there's a sense that this song is almost Jesus singing it to us, God's words over us. So if you would like, if there's a kid around you that isn't yours, don't put your hands on them. It's not a good practice. Um, so we, we do our best not to encourage that. Um, not in every setting, but for the children at least. And so we, we want to sing the song. So let me just, let me pray shortly and specifically for all of our students here in, in this moment. So Father, would you take hold of all of the feelings, the big feelings that we all have and our kids have and um, teachers have and college students have and all the change and everything that can make us concerned or worried god would would you step into it and let us know that you have us god would you intervene and help all of our students to flourish to grow to persevere god would you help with friendships would you help with learning? Would you help in all the places where we're anxious? Would you help all of our students find their way to their classes? Make new friends and connect in real ways. So we ask for your blessing over our children. We pray in the name of Jesus. Amen. So we're going to sing this song, and it's called The Blessing. And so we can hear it in a couple ways. You can sing it as if we're singing it to each other about a reality of God's goodness and blessing for us. You can sing it as you're singing it to your children. You can even sing it as if God is even singing it over you. But let's, uh, 
let's worship to this song. So I invite you to stand. Presence go before you and behind you. 
So our kids are released now, so our elementary age, our young ones are released for that. Do we have older ones too, or is it? Awesome. Beautiful. There goes our young ones. So we're aware that kids are starting, but we want to take a moment to, uh, I know that Dan is going, who's a teacher, who's going to be teaching, and he's helping with the kids today. You start tomorrow, Dan? Does Dan start tomorrow, Marty? Okay. <laughs> uh, how many other teachers do we have in the room who are stepping in? Fabulous. Yeah. Awesome. We do want to take a moment and pray for you. And so we wanted to have that moment for our kids, but we, we, um, but then we also want to take a moment for parents too, and to just acknowledge the, our kids kind of carry it, but I think parents sometimes carry it even more, <laughs> their, own, their own weight for that. And we know we have our older kids in here too, but we want to kind of um, even to ask that question when, when you're thinking about school starting as either as a teacher or you work in the school or for your grandkids or for your kids or for yourself, What's the biggest weight that you're carrying with that? What's, what's the thing, what, what concerns you the most right now with that in mind? And so we wanted to, um, to give you a chance just to share with somebody around you what that might be, even one thing that you're, that you're carrying that might be just a, a tad bit heavy. What's so important about this simple practice, one, it's truth-telling. We just get to tell you to be authentic and vulnerable, and that's the kind of community that we are. We just tell the truth. And it's a meaningful conversation. <laughs> when we talk about things that are heavy for us or that concern us, that are within us, and it gets a chance to kind of to get it out for a second to, and to speak that out loud. And whenever there's a meaningful conversation with somebody who's sharing something meaningful and you get to hear that, um, there's a chance to love them. And even simply by just saying these words, can I pray for you? And then praying a simple prayer for them specifically for the things that they carry that are heavy. So for me, I've got a number of them for, for my son who's going to school for, you know, friendships and for some, some learning things that, that are stuck right now. And I carry those. And so you might as well. So we, wanna, we know this may not, um, so if the, if the idea of kids going back to school or being a teacher, if that's not the season that you're in, um, then we just want you to kind of have your ears, like look around you to who might be in that season so you can hear them share um, that. So either whatever, if it's graduate school, college, high school, middle school, teacher, connected to a school, grandparent, you've got a kid, all of that. Is anyone carrying anything that they say, yeah, I'm, I'm carrying this with me in this moment? We want, they want them to share that with the person around you. And then would they be willing to have, as you hear them, we're going to practice this simple thing by even asking them, can I pray for you? And again, we're not asking you to pray like the 30-minute prayer, but it's just like, God, help. <laughs> Listen to them. Invite God's help is this act of love, but, but also bringing our burdens to Jesus who loves us and cares for us. Sound good? Everybody got some clear instruction? 
So right now, just so that it, to help, uh, parents of kids going into school, teachers, grandparents with kids going into school, people going to college, people going to graduate school, all that, could you just raise your hand? That applies? Okay, quite a few people has applied to. So look around, move close to someone. If you're sitting by yourself, move to close to someone to share. Ask them, what's the heaviest thing you're carrying right now? And then we want to invite you to pray for them. Clear instructions, church? Awesome. Okay. So move to someone, make sure no one's alone. We got two teachers right here in the middle, I believe. We got a teacher right up here in the front.
Have you had the chance to pray? Well done, church. Did you, did you get a chance to pray? I'm getting like just stares. Do I need a little more time? If I can see a thumbs up. If, if not, so, Father, thank you for the teachers that are here who continue to leverage their life for the sake of the flourishing of families and kids. Thank you for the teachers and the investment that they're making into the lives of kids. Thank you for the eyes and the skills and the gifts that you have given them. Father, sustain them. Carry them. For the teachers who are still working without contracts and within all these questions of financial needs and resources, Lord Jesus, provide. For all the weight they know kids carry, Lord Jesus, come and meet them. Father, have mercy. Lord, for parents and students that are still in here who carry those heavy weights and burdens for their, their kids or grandkids and their own anxiety that spills out, Father, we lift those to you. The care of our families and for us, we are not alone. And there's enough. You have our back and we, have, we also have people who love us. So, Lord Jesus, thank you for hearing our cries and our prayers and that we can bring these to you. Amen. So, the, uh, that was a practice of activating, or at least it was, just a, it was just a practice where we get to tell the truth, then we get to, care, we get to actually listen, <laughs> and then respond. And so, I believe this week, you may find yourself in some situations where people are telling you, meaningful things about their families, their kids, their lives. And may God give us ears to hear and to pause, and maybe even to pause and to love them. In one simple way, could just by asking, can I pray for you? And then to pray simply and clearly for them. So, well done, church. I'm going to invite Liv up. She's got some um, announcements and stuff for us. Thanks, Bo. Good morning. Welcome to Genesis. We're so glad you're with us. Uh, we have a few announcements today, so I'm going to run through those. So please take a moment to let us know you are here. I see you're all here. But by filling out either the digital connection card on our website homepage, or there are some physical green cards in your pews. So if you have prayer requests, uh, certainly if you're new, we'd love your, uh, your contact information so we can continue to reach out to you. If you are new and you'd like to join our text blast, text new to Genesis, all one word, to 94,000. And if you do fill out a physical green card, you can place that at the back of the sanctuary. There's a wooden box there. And this is also where you can place your physical offering if you have that today. Uh, we do appreciate those who continue to give online and via text. We are doing communion today. Yes, Bo? So for those at home, grab some elements. Uh, be prepared for, to join us with that later. So we've had the 2023 24 budget available for the community to review. We've had that out for a couple of weeks. Hopefully you've been at an opportunity to either review that or if you've had questions, you've had the opportunity to reach out. 
If you do still have some burning questions, there are copies. I, I saw there's some still some paper copies in the back of the sanctuary, and you've had a chance to take a look at that. Um, certainly, if you still have questions, you can reach out to our pastors or our elders uh, to see to get more information, or if there's some concerns that you see that you want more information on. Uh, otherwise, we are going to step towards affirming the budget today. So there's a couple of ways you can do that. So again, there's still opportunity, there's still space if you have some concerns, but today we're going to move forward in the process and there's three ways that you can affirm the budget. So there is a paper affirmation available in the lobby, so you can fill that out and turn that in to uh, submit that in the wooden box as well. Or you can follow, there should have been a text that went out this morning, if you check your phones, and there is also a link, um, so via the text, or a link to affirm the budget in the weekly e-blast. So there's a link uh, which you can fill out and do it that way. So we'd love to have that participation from the community. Uh, basically, there's been three principles that have guided us in terms of putting together this budget. Belonging, calling, and then as Bo had mentioned, activating. So, you know, stepping into, moving towards, and, and that's the, the way that we've moved towards in this budget process as well, and we'd love for you to join us in that journey. Uh, a couple items for next weekend. If you are around and you are not going out of town for Labor Day weekend, one, we still have parking lot supervision uh, opportunities for Friday and Sunday. There's a paper sign up at the garden desk. If you are available to help coordinate that in our parking lot, the proceeds go towards our children's ministries um, and you know uh, back into the church. So there will also be a text uh, blast that will go out this week with a link and there's a sign of genius. But again, Manya will follow up with you if you write your name on the sheet on the garden desk and we would love your help and participation that way. Also, if you're around and you will be here next Sunday, we are going to eat together. So that's right, Andrew's excited. We're gonna barbecue a little bit. So we'd love for you to bring sides, whether that's salads or desserts, but we'll gather together as a community. And uh, again, if you're around, come to church, come to Arts, Beats and Eats downtown. I think we're gonna have great weather and um, we will we'll be together that way. So take another few minutes to just connect, um, say hi to one another, say hello to the person next to you, or continue your conversation for a minute with the other parents about school, and then we will resume.
Well, great chance. Great job connecting with each other. Welcome again. My name is Bo. I'm one of the pastors here. But love that you guys are all connecting and have the chance just to meet some people. Thank you. So we have a couple of, as we kind of said, like one of the things that marks us as a community is authenticity and vulnerability. But another one is this, is that our heroes are among us, meaning everyday people following Jesus. Those are our heroes. Those who are among us following Jesus. And so we point to that. And over the last month and in the summer, we continue. We just have a practice. We invite the community. We invite different people in the community to share and to open the scriptures for us. And so this morning, uh, Ryan Movius is going to be teaching and sharing for us. And I believe this is the first time Ryan's ever done this. Um, Ryan and his wife, Bethany, have, have been here for, for some time. I don't know the, the exact amount of years w- with that. One thing about Ryan and Bethany that is so interesting, they love people better than anybody I know. I mean, that just marks them, the way they love. And that stands out to me. And that's that part, like, everyday people living like Jesus, those are our heroes, and, and Ryan and Bethany are some of my heroes in this community. Um, but we, I processed and like, you know, all right, Lord, who, who should we invite? And as we had these opportunities for everyday people to open their mouths and to, to proclaim about Jesus. And it's one of my favorite things to get to listen to and to be a part of. And so I was asking that. And for many of you know, for Ryan and Bethany and their family, the tragic death of his brother in this in this last season, and we were with them, and uh, I was happened to be here with the funeral with their family, and was listening to Ryan share about his brother, processing all that pain and that reality. And I was, and there was this moment of like, wow, this is one speaking in front of people is really, really hard, but also it's in one of the most saddest moments of your life doing it. But I was struck by the beauty of that moment. And I was just curious. And so I, I found a little moment, I don't know, a little bit after, and, and I and just kind of prompt and ask a few questions. And I'm like, Ryan, has the Lord ever said anything to you, whispered to you anything about, you know, like serving the Lord in that kind of capacity, like in a pastoral way or a teaching way? Or has God ever put a hint of that? Have you ever felt a spark of that? And he was like, you know what? He has. But, and you said something like, but I, I haven't known what to do with it or how to even, what, what to do with this. I just kind of hold it. Now that's enough for me. You see character, good character in the way he and Bethany love people. I saw some competency and skill, even in the midst of trauma to be able to share. And then I heard from him the whisper of God. That's enough wind for me to be like, Ryan, what would you think about, I can, I, I know how to give you a step at this. <laughs> and uh, what would you think? And he was like, absolutely, I would, I would be willing. And so today is the day that Ryan's willingness is going to turn into activation. When he is going to humbly step before us. Um, I, there was a number of scriptures and Ryan chose this one. 
and has sort of presented humbly what he senses the Lord saying to him and, and wants to share it with us. And so beautifully, he is here to do that. And he's got some friends and some family. His parents have come in from Arizona to, to be a part with him in this and, and that opportunity. So I'm pumped that Ryan's doing this. No one likes this and, and that, but he has said yes. And today he's going to share for us. Sound cool, church? Yeah. So Ryan, come on up. He's got a microphone on, and he's got some notes, and he's looking casual, and he's ready to go. Yeah. <laughs> uh, but, but with that, let's, let's um, like a dual prayer for him and all the anxiety and all that weirdness that can come with this and, and that, but also for us. That we do. Do you hear that? I do. Yeah. We trust you. You got this. I love it. And then number two, that, um, that we would be able to hear. Because the Holy Spirit is the teacher. That we, we could hear. And hearing is a gift. For anything that we could take hold of. So there's an openness for ourselves. And then just um, peace and confidence for Ryan. So let's pray. So Father, thank you for your whispers to Ryan. Thank you for your sustaining him. Thank you for you prompting him and the opportunity and his willingness to serve us and to love us. Just from sharing from the scriptures as an act of love towards you and us. So Father, Holy Spirit, would you fill him so that he could, the utterances of his mouth would flow even from your mouth out of his to us. Father, by your gracious way, would you open our ears that we might behold the beauty of your revelation, that we could hear we could hear from you. You would whisper to us because you're the God of revelation and you come close. So we're open to you. Amen. All righty. Something that you might not know about me is I've done a lot of things once. I have hiked to the bottom of the Grand Canyon once. Considering the cabins at the bottom require reservations a year in advance and sell out within the first hour of availability, it will probably remain once. It was absolutely incredible, but as much as I would love to do it again, I don't know that it's going to happen. I ran the Detroit US half marathon once. I got a blister on my right foot around mile eight. I got a blister on my left foot around mile 10. And the last three miles were both the most painful and the fastest, because I just wanted to be done. <laughs> it has cured me of any desire to run farther than about three miles, unless I'm being chased for the rest of my life. <laughs> I have been whitewater rafting once. It was on an Appalachian River southeast of Pittsburgh that got to about the highest level of rapids that you can get to without needing to know what you're doing. There are no photographs of me whitewater rafting because the point the touring company uh, takes the photographs, I had been launched out of the boat, <laughs> we had hit a bump, and uh, I was floating down the river hoping to not hit any rocks too hard. I'd like to go rafting again, 
but I'd like to know a little bit more about what I'm doing first. This is my first time speaking in a church on a Sunday morning. I'd like for it to go a bit more like Grand Canyon or even whitewater rafting. So my first order of business is prayer. Jesus, let me be guided here by your word and let what I have to say fill the hearts of your people here today. Let me not get in the way because I want to be your messenger, not the message. So let's get into today's text. Matthew 16, 13 through 20. Uh, you can follow along on, in your app. We have uh, Bibles in front of you. Uh, should be on the screen behind me shortly. Uh, Peter confesses Jesus is the Christ. Now, when Jesus came into the district of Caesarea Philippi, he asked his disciples, who do people say that the Son of Man is? And they said, some say John the Baptist, others say Elijah, and others Jeremiah, or one of the prophets. He said to them, but who do you say that I am? Simon Peter replied, you are the Christ, the Son of the living God. And Jesus answered him, blessed are you, Simon Barjona, for flesh and blood has not revealed this to you, but my Father who is in heaven. And I tell you, you are Peter, and on this rock I will build my church, and the gates of hell shall not prevail against it. I will give you the keys of the kingdom of heaven, and whatever you bind on earth shall be bound in heaven, and whatever you set loose on earth shall be set loose in heaven. Then he strictly charged the disciples to tell no one he was the Christ. So when Jesus was talking with his disciples, we got this text. Who do they say the Son of Man is? Jesus asks. All the disciples hide behind, well, some people are saying one thing, some people are saying another thing, uh, a lot of people aren't really sure. No skin in the game, no commitment, no personal connection. The entire reason that Jesus came to earth is because of an abiding interest in personal connection. So, with his disciples hedging their bets, Jesus follows up a bit more directly. Who do you say that I am? And who has the courage to step up and not be afraid of being wrong? Who shows up? It's Peter. Peter's not afraid of saying the wrong thing, so Peter ends up talking kind of a lot. When I was a kid listening to Bible stories and Peter came up, I would get annoyed at his act and speak first, think maybe way of life. As I grew older, had more experiences, made more mistakes, I started to realize how, just how easy it was to act on an imperfect understanding and find myself making those sorts of blunders. There's two times in the Gospels where I can think of that Peter explicitly gets it 100% right, which is not a great odds, but the fact that he gets it right at all is remarkable. The passage in Matthew 16 is one of them, and let's have a look at the other one. It's over in John 6 after Jesus just gave a hard teaching. John 6, 67 through 69. So Jesus said to the 12, do you want to go away as well? Simon Peter answered him, Lord, to whom shall we go? You have the words of eternal life, and we have believed and come to know that you are the Holy One of God. So let's have a look at the connections between these two. Both were at a time when Jesus was looking for a response from his disciples in a time of difficulty, 
And both times, they're all afraid to speak up, except Peter. Once again, Peter is not afraid of saying something bold. Peter is not afraid of saying something wrong. Peter steps up in courage and says what he believes to be true. Which brings me into my first point. Jesus has the words of life. Where else are we going to go? Where else would we go? A year ago today, my brother died suddenly in a hiking accident. My mom, my dad, and my brother's wife were all in a dangerous environmental situation with him. And my brother, acting on the imperfect information he had and stepping up in courage, went looking for help. When help arrived, it found them, but not him. It turned my world upside down, and it changed how the future was going to look. And it changed how I looked at the future and at God. For a while, I wanted nothing to do with any sort of God who would allow that to happen. It turned out I was in pretty good company. David, often called a man after God's own heart, lost a dear friend who similarly died in an accident involving the Ark of the Covenant, the symbol of God's presence among his people. The full story is in 1 Chronicles 13, but the part that's relevant right now is that after that accident, David wanted nothing to do with God or the Ark for three months. As it turned out, that was about how long I wanted nothing to do with God. And as it turned out, both of us ended up coming back. C.S. Lewis, a uh, theologian from the 21st, 20th century, wrote in Screwtape Letters about God's desires. He wants them to learn to walk and must therefore take away his hand. And if, even if only the will to walk is really there, he is pleased even with their stumbles. Which brings me into my second point. It is entirely okay to wobble, to not have it all together, to doubt. Jesus can handle it. Peter had doubts and uncertainty. Peter had seen the crucifixion, had denied Jesus, and then saw the empty tomb. Peter was grieving the loss of his friend, the loss of what he thought his life might look like. With all of that grief and pain, I imagine Peter felt as lost and confused and directionless as I did. I've been grieving the loss of my brother, the loss of what I thought my life would look like. Show of hands, ever drive to work and have no memory of the drive even though you know you did it? It feels like that for weeks or months. It's why despite being with the disciples in the locked room shortly before when Jesus appeared in the room with them, it didn't quite sink in for Peter. The next place we find Peter after the resurrection is John 21, verses 3, 7, and 8. Simon Peter said to them, I'm going fishing. Six disciples said to him, we will go with you. They went out and got into the boat, but that night they caught nothing. Peter was dealing with his grief here. In our grief, we were surrounded by people who loved us, who spent time with us, who knew us. Those were the people who were present, even in times we weren't exactly always fabulous company. And considering Peter has six named disciples with him, 
and Jesus only called about four fishermen, some of them were going to be out of their element, I imagine. But it wasn't about the fishing. It was about being with their friend who was hurting. It was about being with the guy who was a doer. One of the disciples with him was Thomas. And I have to imagine there were some interesting conversations about how Thomas had put his finger in Jesus' side the previous day. And that had to be real. That wasn't just wishful thinking or something he'd imagined. It had to be real. They certainly had plenty of time for that conversation because going fishing and not catching anything leaves you with a lot of time. There's been a running theme in the last several weeks of teaching that Jesus doesn't show up immediately when things get bad. I don't like it. Those times when it feels like the bad things are just going to win, when it seems as though Jesus is a long way off, they make it difficult to believe he's going to show up at all. But as the morning comes, Jesus makes himself known by telling them to cast their nets where fish don't tend to be. And all of a sudden, there's so many fish. When Peter first met Jesus, it was at a time like this, with this many fish, and it could be nothing but a miracle. Uh, John 21, 7 and 8. That disciple whom Jesus loved therefore said to Peter, It is the Lord. When Simon Peter heard that it was the Lord, he put on his outer garment, for he was stripped for work, and threw himself into the sea. The other disciples came in the boat, dragging the net full of fish, for they were not far from the land, but about a hundred yards off. Once Peter realizes what's going on, Peter doesn't hesitate. Peter doesn't care about the fish. It's Jesus, it's direction, it's purpose. It's the chance that maybe not all is lost. I was talking with Bethany about that, and she had a brilliant observation that aligned her experience of nannying small children with the progression of Jesus guiding Peter's growth. Jesus first met Peter when Peter was fishing. He demonstrated his power through a miraculous catch of fish, and Peter said, this is the guy I'm going to follow. The next big thing was Jesus sleeping in the boat in a storm. He was with the disciples, but problems arose. Peter was among the disciples panicking, reached out to Jesus, and then Jesus calmed the storm. The next space, uh, Jesus sent Peter and the disciples ahead on the lake and walked by on the water. He met Peter and the disciples where they were at, and Peter stepped out in courage, but then lost sight of Jesus and got tripped up. Now, here in John 21, Jesus doesn't even show up until the morning after all of that, and doesn't go out to them in the boat, but meets them at the shore. Jesus has breakfast with them on the beach there, and then we come to verses 15 through 18. Uh, John 21, 15 through 18. When they had finished breakfast, Simon, Jesus said to Simon Peter, Simon, son of John, do you love me more than these? He said to them, yes, Lord, you know that I love you. He said to him, feed my lambs. He said to him a second time, Simon, son of John, do you love me? He said to him, yes, Lord, you know that I love you. He said to him, tend my sheep. He said to him a third time, 
Simon, son of John, do you love me? Peter was grieved because he said to him the third time, do you love me? And he said to him, Lord, you know everything. You know that I love you. Jesus said to him, feed my sheep. Truly, truly I say to you, when you were young, you used to dress yourself and walk wherever you wanted. But when you are old, you will stretch out your hands and another will dress you and carry you where you do not want to go. There's two things out of this passage that I want to focus on. English has one word for love. I love my wife. I love tacos. I'm pretty sure those two feelings are different. <laughs> the Greek John writes in has a few different words for love, and this passage uses two of them. Jesus asks the first two times, do you agape, full commitment, no hesitation, love me more than anything else, more than the best day of your career, more than the grief and pain that you've had, more than any of the other things you could pursue with your life? And Peter responds with, yes, Lord, you know that I, phileo, am fond of you as a friend. The third time Jesus asks, Peter, do you, phileo, love me as a friend even? Peter responds, of course I love you, Jesus, like that. Jesus then responds by telling him that there will be a time in your life that is really gonna suck. That this path leads to a time you're not going to enjoy. Which brings me into my last point. Jesus meets us where we are and wants for us to grow beyond. Sometimes this hurts. If you've ever seen a toddler learning to walk and they take a header, you know real quickly they're not happy about it. Their parents don't like seeing it either, but they know it's the only way that we learn to walk. Learning to do anything is going to have failure and pain involved, but for the joy of living, it's worth learning. If I had the chance to sit down with uh, guy who wrote the uh, song, Build My Life, I might suggest he write the bridge a bit differently. I've sung it at least a dozen times here before my brother died, and I'd never thought about what it meant. I will build my life upon your love. It is a firm foundation. I will put my trust in you alone, and I will not be shaken. Newsflash, Peter was shaken. I'm going to be shaken. We're all going to be shaken. Instead, I might go with something a little more like this. I will build my life upon your love. It is a firm foundation. I will put my trust in you alone. For those times, I am shaken. I've been shaken. Those of you who've known me and Bethany know that we had to rebuild our house after we find out it had black mold all throughout it. I got pretty shaken there. My brother died a year ago. I was very definitely shaken again. I do not expect that will be the last time I am shaken. I expect that you are going to be shaken too. I don't trust in uh, what remains true. What remains true is that the love of Jesus is a firm foundation. And I don't trust a lot of things, but I trust in Jesus who said that no amount of being shaken is going to make him say he doesn't love us any less.
Thank you. Thank you, Ryan. Did I did I hear correctly that today is the anniversary of your brother's today death? <sighs> Today's the day. I had I didn't know, you know, for your family, for your brother, just to be and to step in and be with us and open your mouth. So we mourn with you um, and worship with you and uh, appreciate your vulnerability and your willingness to speak over. So Father, would you tend to this family as they ache, as they remember, as they wish for a different reality? Jesus, come. And for the others who have lost and feel it today and who sit in those same sort of spots, come, Lord. Meet them. Come. Thank you. Beautiful. Well done. Beautiful. <laughs> Dang, right? So our heroes are among us, everyday people living like Jesus. And so I invite you to, if there was a whisper from anything today, to take hold of it. What is the whisper? What did you hear? What grabs you? What is the spirit wanting to say to you? I love the simplicity of your words over us, the words of Jesus. You have the words of eternal life. Where else are we going to go? What else do we have? Two, it's okay to wobble. It's okay to doubt. And, uh, and about life has got some interesting moments in it. The Lord takes us exactly where we are, but doesn't leave us there, right? That, and, and some reference to that. So, so thank you for that. We, um, you referenced that song. And so we're going to sing that cor sing that bridge. And Heather, if you want to teach us even how you've written it, you know, for that and this, this response to this. So we re she, Heather's reworked the bridge to fit your sentiment of that, of saying, yeah, we, uh, we're going to shake. And this song is a beautiful response to the words of Jesus saying, you have the words of life. We're, we're going to set ourselves on your foundation. Where else are we going to go? And so let's take a moment to respond to these words in that way and to respond to Jesus. And so, Heather, if you would give us that opportunity, that'd be awesome.
We're going to take communion together, and we're going to sing in response to the beautiful love of Jesus. So Andrew's got that, and we've got the packets that we're giving out. Our table is open for anyone to take that. So um, if, you, if you don't have the little cup, it's got a little wafer at the top, be sure to grab one. There's some in the back. Marty's moving them. Andrew's got there. So if you would like one but don't have them, just kind of just raise your hand and get their attention. We would love to Make sure that you have this to be able to take this morning. It's a beautiful response. What I love about communion is that it happened around a table. This practice was a table that Jesus set and welcomed people to his table and offered them his life and his body and his blood. And the church has practiced this and engaged in this for 2,000 years since, marking that moment. When we step to the table, in essence, we're hearing that invitation of the Lord saying, I welcome you, and I want your company. And so I invite you to hear those words of Jesus that says, I welcome you, and I want your company. And in the act of us, of eating and drinking, we are in essence saying, we welcome you, Jesus. We welcome you. And in that, that welcome is a way of even identifying that you give life, Jesus. What do we have but you? You have the words of eternal life. You are our life. You are our way. You are our truth. And we take it. So Jesus, as he had that meal, he took bread and he broke it. And he gave thanks to the Father. And he said, take and eat this in remembrance of me. And so we give thanks. And if you can tear off that wafer, if you can peel that open. There's a little wafer on the top that you can identify. Thank you, Father, for your life. Thank you for your flesh and blood that was sent. Thank you for the revelation of your love through flesh and blood and the self-giving sacrifice of Jesus. And the life that that sacrifice gives us, that that love gives us. Your body is real food. Your life is real life. Thank you, God. And so we eat. <laughs> And Jesus took wine. He blessed God. 
which is a very common Jewish practice. But in it, he said, this is a new relationship. This is a new promise. This is a new covenant of the forgiveness of sins. Jesus makes it clear his authority to forgive sin. He proclaims it on the cross. He proclaims it in his life. And he gives us this, this reminder, reminding us all of the reality, how it exactly works. We may not fully know. We don't have to do the math for it. We just know it works when he says, I forgive sins. My blood, my self-giving sacrifice silences any accusation and brings the forgiveness of sin. And he declares that words over us. You're forgiven. So we give thanks. So Father, thank you. Thank you for your love. Thank you for your sacrificial life, for the blood, for the spilling, and a drink that is real drink. Thank you for your proclamation. Thank you for your desire and the authority to forgive sin. So Lord, forgive us of our sins. And thank you to declare it is so. Amen. Let's drink. Amen. Jesus, you have the words of life. Where else are we going to go? We're grateful that for you who are on that journey and still trying to figure that out. And if you're here, we welcome you and we're glad you're here. We, we hope that you would feel more solid today, not because life has not shaken, but because of the love of Jesus is really solid. So may you be sustained today. Heather has prepared a, a response song that she has chosen specifically for us out of communion to sing. And so I'm going to hand that over to her to, um, to lead us out today through worship, um, and then we'll be dismissed. But I want to invite you to stand. And so Heather, I'll hand this to you. my mind to Calvary where Jesus bled and died for me I see his wounds his hands his feet my Savior on that cursed tree Body. 